0: Thanks for joining me today. So today we're talking about walking and whether or not you really need to walk 10,000 steps per day because I'm sure you've heard it on social media and various accounts as well as, you know, even in the news about how important getting to 10,000 steps per day might be for your health. So today, you know, in today's episode, I'm just going to talk about how maybe 10,000 steps isn't ultimately the goal that you should be going for and maybe there's some in between, all right? So I will go ahead and say that walking to me, is hands down the most underrated thing that you can do for your health. You know, sure, working out and training are both excellent ways to increase your heart rate and then train for your preferred sport or whatever your goals are. However, walking and your overall daily movement is such a game changer when it comes to supporting your healthy lifestyle and goals, especially if you do have a goal of losing weight, losing body fat, getting slimmer, whatever whatever you want to word it as. That having that goal, you might not be achieving it as quickly or as well as you can or as you could be if you're not walking or moving as much throughout the day. So just, you know, chew on that for a little bit. But I do have some good news for you. I You know, studies have shown that you do not have to aim for the 10,000 steps per day that you constantly hear about. Um, In fact, recent studies have even shown that that getting even just 7,000 steps per day is an excellent start, which I'll talk about more in a minute, but ultimately getting more steps than you, than you possibly currently do is an even better start in order to get something and do something more manageable and to avoid overwhelm by aiming for 10,000 steps. So, you know, first things first, I know you're probably wondering why 10,000 steps is a common goal that you see. And it's actually hard to say why, but there is a possible story behind it, which I'll share here, just because I thought it was pretty cool when I learned about it as I was researching for this episode. Um, So back in 1965, there was a Japanese company called the Yamasa Clock and Instrument Company. And they sold a pedometer and they called it um, Manpo Kai. And what that means is 10,000 steps meter in Japanese. So this is likely because the number 10,000 looks a lot like a person walking when it's written in the Japanese language. So there isn't really any scientific backing, technically, to getting 10,000 steps. Uh, but I will go ahead and also say that you know the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, or you might know, know it as the CDC, recommends at least 150 minutes of moderate physical activity per week. That's kind of a standard that we as health coaches emphasize with our clients is, you know, constantly walking and trying to aim for 150 minutes of moderate physical activity per week. And that generally is estimated to be right around seven to 8,000 steps per day over the course of an entire week, of course, you know, and but please do keep in mind that i'm saying that as a rough very rough estimate because we we all have different heights we have different walking cadences you know i'm five foot two so i'm pretty petite so my walking cadence and my step count will be a lot different than someone who's a foot taller than i am okay but on the other hand let me go ahead and and talk about some positives here so research back in 2019 i believe it was released in may of 2019 This research was presented in the Journal of the American Medical Association or JAMA, and it suggested that mortality rates in older women decreased with every increase in steps per day. Okay. So let me repeat that one more time. Mortality rates in mortality rates, rather in older women decreased with every increase in steps per day. So, you know, despite them finding that mortality rates decreased as the step count increased, they did note that there was a little bit of a level off with a mortality rate right around 7,500 steps per day. And I just want to go ahead and point out that Dr. Lee with Harvard University who did this study, uh, they, the study was done on women which is such a breath of fresh air for those of you that have worked in research, such as myself, you know, because generally research studies are done predominantly on men. So kudos to Dr. Lee and the team. Um, But I, I also can't tell you how many times I've had clients swear up and down that they are getting at least 10,000 steps per day before we start working together. And then they realize that they're only really getting three to 5,000 steps per day. And this is not to bash anyone because hell, I have, I have days that I get three to 5,000 steps per day, especially on my Mondays and Tuesdays, because those are, those are my busiest days with my client check-ins and things like that. But you know, that, that aside, that's because we, we truly, don't realize how much we sit during our traditional desk jobs, as well as the time that we spend watching TV or scrolling social media, or just not walking around and moving actively. Okay. And I'm not trying to say that those things should be avoided at, you know, all cost, but you likely need to make an effort to move more each day. You know, all of us, myself included, I am guilty as charged. Now, the exception of course, are those of you who are listening, who move more in your daily life just because of the nature of your profession. Great case in point are mail carriers. <laughs> yeah, shout out to a couple of you who are mail carriers. You know who you are. Um, I know you've, you've reached out to me about listening to me uh, on this podcast, so I appreciate that. As well as, you know, personal trainers, coaches, uh, physical therapists, you know, people who are very active and maybe patient oriented and might be moving around a little bit more in their day to day. So, you know, however, I will say most of us do work, generally speaking, a traditional desk job. And I want, for those of you who do work a traditional desk job, I want you to ask yourself this. How often do you get up every hour when you are working? Okay, so when you're at your desk, how often do you get up every hour? Because I know a lot of folks that I talk to, they have back-to-back meetings, sometimes for eight hours a day. And, you know, your chances, if you're in that type of category, your chances for getting up and moving around are greatly reduced even more. So it's, it's both equally astonishing and appalling for me to really think about how inactive we can be. So, you know, the bad news is that the act of sitting more during our days, it it could ultimately be causing an impact on our overall health, you know, reduced movement, It can result in higher glucose levels and it can even put you at risk for various chronic conditions like, you know, high blood pressure and other cardiovascular diseases. So some studies have even shown that increasing your steps per day can actually have the opposite effect by reducing your blood pressure and improving glucose levels. So that should really help motivate you to, you know, get moving. So, you know, of course, then comes the question, well, Jen, how the hell do I get more steps if I'm stuck at a desk? I'll talk about that in a moment because I think that the first thing that we have to do is we have to become aware of how much we are moving. And there isn't really a technique that will work for everyone, you know, in terms of getting you to move more. So it will take some exploration on your part. So let me go ahead and say that first. But then, you know, definitely let's pay attention to just being aware of how much you move in a day. So this is when using a wearable technology... With a pedometer can be extremely helpful. I personally wear a Garmin and I've worn one for, gosh, like almost 15 years, actually probably more than that. And, you know, there are several options on the market right now, such as Apple Watch, um, Fitbit, and various other devices. You also might even find one, you know, in your smartphone right now. So I, I know even Apple or iPhones rather, they have a built-in pedometer because they have an accelerometer in the phone. And, you know, it can, it can show you your, your steps at the end of the day. However, that does require you to have your phone with you at all times, which isn't really necessarily, you know, I I don't think that's that's something that everyone wants, everyone wants to do in their life rather. So I would suggest looking at some of the wearable you know, technologies that are out in the market, find one that fits your budget and find one that meets your needs, especially for your specific sport, okay? Uh now, once you learn how many steps you average in a day, so go ahead and wear that wearable t- device for at least a week or two. And, you know, wear it even when you're showering, when you're cleaning, when you're moving around, you know, right when you wake up, go ahead and slap it on and then wear it throughout the day. Take it off when you're ready to go to bed. That will be the most accurate, you know, indicator of how much you actually move and and walk around every day, okay? So once you learn how many steps you average in a day, then you should try to set a small goal to increase it if you need to by, you know, right around, let's start with 500 to 1,000 steps per day, okay? There's something very doable. Start small and then you can see it add up over a week because when you think about it, an additional 1,000 steps a day comes out to 7,000 more steps for an entire week. So you see how it just keeps adding up, and of course there's other ways. Once you become aware of how much how many steps you do get in a day, in a day rather, there are a variety of different ways that you can, you know, move more. You can take the stairs. Of course, this is a common one. You can take the stairs instead of the elevator at work if you're if you're going back to work right now. Um, if you're out at stores, take the stairs. You can park further away from the stores that you shop in. You can also set an hourly reminder or alert to get you up and walk around every you know few every every hour but try to do it for a few minutes, you know, maybe 5 minutes or so, get some water, go to the bathroom, things like that. You can also even get up during commercial breaks while you're watching TV. So that works really well. You could stretch a little bit, kind of move around. You can play with the dog, play with the kids if you have them, you know, do some outdoor activity if it's not, you know, blistering hot or blistering cold outside. You can even do errands around the house, like cleaning and and doing laundry, because those things, you'd you'd be amazed, like folding laundry especially. I know everyone, it's probably the bane of your existence, but still, uh, it can make a dramatic impact in just your overall moving. Now, another thing that I'm a huge fan of, and, and I do have a dog, is going for a longer walk early in the morning as well as after dinner. You know, now I, I will admit during the winter winter months or when it's darker out, I don't really go for an early walk super early in the morning. Um, usually I'm waiting, you know, till 9 a.m. or so, or whenever I have a break in between clients or something like that. But, you know, doing it after larger meals during your day can also help with digestion too. So that's something to consider as well. Uh, you can also, this is one of my favorites, <laughs> you can walk while on any remote meetings or talks for work if you can you know, or at least stand up during those meetings, especially if you are working at home a little bit more right now. And even if you're on video chat, people don't really necessarily know if you're standing or sitting. Um, And honestly, no one's going to think twice if you are standing and you're on a Zoom call or anything like that. Because here's the thing. I think all too often, uh, a lot of individuals that I talk to, are, are nervous about walking while in a meeting for work or on a video chat with, with with a client or on a video meeting with work because they're worried about what their colleagues might think of them or what their clients might think of them. And I think that that, that uh, you know, embarrassment or fear or something like whatever you want to call, call that emotion that you feel, that really needs to be dropped because what we need to do as humans is we need to make that the, these types of things normal. We need to make them the norm. That way more and more people in your circle at work and with your friends will accept them as the norm. They'll accept going on a walking meeting as the norm. They'll accept standing up during a meeting as the norm. The more it's accepted as the norm, the more, you know, it's just not going to be an issue anymore. Besides, I don't think Many people would argue with you for making an an effort to improve your health. Okay, I, I really, really don't. If they if they're going to say something about you trying to improve your health, then I think that might be an issue that they have that they might need to work on. So, I will say these suggestions are great for an able bodied person, but you know what about those of you who? have maybe a mobility issue or a respiratory issue that prevents you from moving around as much or what if you're an older individual and you have limited access to moving around you know to me the best way to approach this is to do what is most accessible to you in your own means if that means that you're only getting four to five thousand steps per day great then do it because if that's what you're able to do given your limited mobility and you know accessibility make make the effort to do whatever you're possible you're able to do okay because like I always say you know something most often is better than doing nothing okay even I mean hell even if you have limited mobility with your legs and you're still able to use your arms and your hands then use a hand cycle and you know that can help you get some movement in if you're bed bound or you have limited mobility so you know don't don't look at these studies as a negative because you can definitely spin these for your own health and your own abilities, okay? Now, on the opposite end of the spectrum, it's also great if you can get to 10,000 steps or beyond. There isn't really a maximum number of steps that you should do daily, okay? So if you can easily hit more than 7,500 steps, then go for it, all right? Uh, that being said, I really appreciate you listening, and I'd love to hear how you're making an impact on your total steps per day. So DM me on Instagram at Shift Human Performance and let me know what you're doing, what shifts you're making. And that being said too, for any mountain bikers listening, I have an update for you. If you do want to get stronger this season and are finally ready to put off the excuses of not having enough power on your pedals, then you need to join my Shred Stronger Strength program. You know, we start Monday, March 29th. I, I will have a link in the show notes, so check it out. And that link is to sign up and show your interest and you'll learn more. I'll provide you some more information, but I'll give you all the details of the program when you sign up. Again, sign up's free. It doesn't cost a thing except a minute of your time. All of my programming is for $49 a month, or you can pay for six months at a reduced investment of $39 a month group rate. And of course, this is the you know the exact same training that I do, and I'll be doing it alongside you because... It works, you know, it absolutely works. So stop doing a half-assed program or program hopping all around by jumping to one program to the next and start doing one program that gives you something, you know, with a greater focus on what you should actually be training in order to increase the power to your pedals and, you know, using greater strength abilities with that. So I can't wait to see you in the group. Thanks again for listening today. It means so much to me. Have a beautiful day.